Welcome to Doctrine and Devotion, a podcast exploring Christian faith and practice from a Reformed Baptist perspective. My name is Joe Thorne. I'm the lead pastor of Redeemer Fellowship in St. Charles, Illinois. And I'm Jimmy Fowler, executive pastor at Redeemer Fellowship. It's already been a busy day. Oh, yeah. We had a, long a, day. Had a 9 a.m. community group leaders fellowship. Yep. It was really good conversations we had there. Yep. Had a uh, elders, elders meeting. meeting after Two that. of them. Two elders meeting. We had one elders meeting. With a specific individual. Oh, yeah, we met with a deacon, yeah. Yep. To go and then, some stuff. And then we went just with the elders. Uh, Another elders meeting. Yep. Then? Uh, lunch. Lunch, but it was a working lunch. It was a working lunch as we were kind of just uh, debriefing uh, the Doctrine of Devotion 2019 mm-hmm. conference. Now, I, I don't know, Joe. I know people might say it's early, but I'm calling it best conference of 2019. I, the people, uh, listen, if you're not there, you think we think we're joking. Like we say it's the best conference of the year. Ask anybody who's been there. I yeah. challenge you. Ask anybody ask who's been them. there. Ask them. Ask them. Hashtag it right now. Yeah. Get on ask there. Ask the speakers that have spoken at other conferences that came out saying best conference of the year. Yeah. yeah. We could be in the reason. The reason it's the best conference of the year, it's not because of uh, of the JOFO. It's not because of that. I mean, you would think it's because of that. Mm-hmm. And that might be a factor in there in some way. Yeah, shape a big or factor. Form. Yeah, yeah. But the reason is because uh, we've got the people's. Oh, we got man. the great peoples. This is the people's conference. Yeah. Oh, wait. What? Yeah, yeah. It's the people's conference. You know, like sounds, the people, you know how like the people have Marxist. a chance. Dude, when you say it, it sounds Marxist. No, 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 this is the people's James conference. James going to start calling us no, Marxists I'm if you say that. I'm just saying. We gave the power back to the people. Oh, see, this is what I'm talking people. about. No, this no, is no. Not... The people have risen up. Okay. Yeah. And have, All have, right. have claimed what mm-hmm. was rightfully theirs. So the proletariat is what you're telling me. The proletariat <laughs> uh, of... Of the common man, they are rising up against the the bourgeoisie. That's right. Of the of the of power. I am tired of this evangelical celebrity culture. The, the, the industrial complex. That's right. The Eva machine. Yes. As, yes. As, big as, Eva. Uh, big Eva, as some have come <laughs> to call it. And we, the people, rose up in solidarity and said, "The Jofo stands for no more." There you go. So, uh, isn't it? It's a it's a great conference. And how excited are we for next year? Huh? How excited are we for next year's conference? Pumped. We're pretty excited. I'm pumped. I'm oh pumped. I'm pumped. I'm pumped. So yeah, we're uh, we'll get that oh, word out as soon as we can. Demo twenty is gonna be my jam. Oh man. So yeah, it's uh pretty pretty pumped. So yeah, there was a it was a it was a good meeting. We're gonna get more organized, get uh, even more done. But mm-hmm. it's a slick, sick conference. And yeah, big thanks to Pastor Brian, man. Krista McDonn, uh, Adam, Adam Dalton. I mean these. These three, uh, the conference would not be what it is without them. Yeah, it uh, it was great. So yeah, because like the culture of the conference is going to be what it is to a large degree because of the listeners and the fans. But then because you have the the personal touch uh, of Krista, you have the connection to other organizations through Adam, and then you have the the organizational skills of of Brian Malcolm's. Oh, uh, yeah, it's pretty great. All right, so listen, um, they did some good work, Joe. I know. Some really good work. I, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. So what are we going to talk about today, Joe? Good works. Gosh, I, I gave you the, I <laughs> I gave you the listen, transition. I'm, listen, I'm tired. It's going to be a long day. I got a lot going on. I got a lot on my mind. I'm stressed out. Uh-huh. I'm going to take this whole week off. Well, Monday through Thursday, I'm taking it off. Oh, are you? Yeah. Wait, why? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But what about me? Yeah. Well, you can come over. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. 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 I'm just not hanging out with anybody else. 
Well, let's not tell anybody yeah. else. Yeah. No, 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 we won't tell anybody. Yeah. No, don't tell Pat. I, I, well, no. I won't tell. No, don't, don't tell, tell Steve. Steve. <laughs> 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 but uh, but uh, come over to my house this week. And oh, okay, I'll be cool. sitting on my back porch smoking yep. and uh, not doing church work. Yep. I will see you there. All right. So we're in paragraph two of the 1689 mm-hmm. chapter 16 of Good Works. Yeah, you want me to read that? Do it. All right. These good works done in obedience to God's commandments are the fruits and evidences of a true and lively faith. And by them, believers manifest their thankfulness, strengthen their assurance, edify their brethren, adorn the profession of the gospel, stop the mouths of the adversaries and glory God, whose workmanship they are created in Christ Jesus thereunto, that having their fruit unto holiness, they may have the end eternal life. Boom. Bajang, bajang. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. This is a really good, this is the kind of thing, like, listen, guys, it's Monday. We would encourage you to take the rest of the week, every day this week, to spend a little bit of time on the various clauses within this paragraph. Mm -hmm. It is that rich. Run through. I mean, obviously, you're going to listen to this, and you're going to be inspired, and maybe even transformed by the podcast as God works through the ministry of the Word that we attest to here. But Mm -hmm. if you will take the time to actually meditate on this paragraph throughout the week and and use the Scripture references, um, it really will do you a a lot of good in in your spiritual walk, especially as it relates to... Sort of like the nuts and bolts of what it means to walk by faith. These yeah. good works done in obedience to God's commands are the first are, are the fruits and evidences of true and lively faith. So the good works that we're talking about, Jimmy, uh, these are different from dead works. Correct. And right. these are the words that were that were talked about uh, in paragraph one, right? Mm-hmm. That those that are commanded in his holy word. Right. So we're not just talking about, you know, anything that we think of as good. Um, we are thinking of those things that are in conformity to God's will revealed mm-hmm. in scripture, uh, done in obedience to the things that he has told us to do. These are not dead works. Some people get a little confused on this. That like, okay, so the... the I don't know. When I hear some people talk, some Christians talk about it, I get the idea that they think good works are a bad thing. Um, Good works are qualified, aren't they? These works are good. They are not Mm -hmm. dead, right? So dead works are the morally appropriate things, even if those are things in conformity with the expressed will of God, though the obedience to the expressed will of God itself is not necessarily a good work. It could be a dead work because a dead work are those things that we do apart from faith. They are those things that we are doing with the hope and the anticipation that by our works, we can please God, merit God's favor, earn our status before him or earn our place in heaven. So these are, in fact, uh, more than just morally appropriate things to do. And it's more than just things that are done uh, in external obedience to God's commandments. They Mm -hmm. are the fruits and evidences of of a true and lively faith. Yeah, I mean, James talks about that, right? In chapter, well, throughout James, but in chapter two, uh, you have faith that I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works and I will show you my faith by my works. Right. Uh, and so there's there's a connection there, right? It's a result. There's a causation uh, here that, as Joe was talking about, that those that, that have faith... Their life is going to, there's going to be fruit. There's going to be something that shows for it. There's going to be, you're going to be able to see uh, the spirit of God working in their life manifested through their actions and attitudes. Yeah. I mean, the fact that it says, uh, and we know this, right? That obedience, good works are an evidence of true and lively faith. Mm -hmm. It, it It means that it's not just an evidence of some, any kind of faith. Right. But a true and a lively faith. Someone that's maturing. Right. Someone that's growing. Exactly. Yeah. Listen, when you're, you can have real faith 
and good works can be almost invisible. We've talked about this when we cover the aspects of backsliding uh, into sin. The 1689 talks about that, that it is possible to, through temptation and corruption to fall into a state where though you do have true saving faith, you can't see it much. But lively faith, healthy faith, people that are communing with God, they are people whose lively faith is evidenced by the things that they do, the mm-hmm. way that they live. And so it says that, by these good works, these evidences of true and lively faith, uh, believers manifest a few different things, right? Yeah. They manifest their their thankfulness. Yeah. Uh, Psalm 116, what shall I render to the Lord for all his benefits to me? I will lift up the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. And like the whole idea of being, being uh in, in thankfulness and in gratitude, I will pay my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. O Lord, I am your servant. I am your servant, the son of your maidservant. You have loosened the bonds. I will offer to you the sacrifice of thanksgiving mm-hmm. and call on the name of the Lord. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, when, when, when these good works are, are again, it, it's in response to what God has already done. Right. And so we are thankful for what God has done in our life, for the salvation that we have, the hope that we have, uh, the forgiveness that we have, the love that we have, the mercy that he gives us. And we respond in these actions, but it's from a heart of thankfulness, not trying to, to I guess, earn anything. Not, not trying, trying to pay to him back. Pay him back because right. we could never pay him back for, for what he has done. but. We're thankful for it. Remember, remember when uh, when Piper, uh, not Barnabas, uh, but Barnabas's dad. Oh, yes. John Piper. I'm talking about John Piper. When I say Piper, I mean I mean John. You mean Piper. John? Yes, not yes. Barnabas. Not Barnabas. Nobody cares about Barnabas Piper. Oh, I like uh, Barnabas. Yeah, but nobody else does. I like him. Yeah, you you and I like him, but nobody else cares. That's why I said I got to qualify. Oh, uh, John Piper. Barnabas, I like you. Yeah, John. Two people that like you, Barnabas. All right, so John, 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 of course, used by the Lord. We love John Piper. Uh, a lot of good things he said. But do you remember back in that we wrote that book, Future Grace? He wrong. He, he at the time when he wrote that book, he was saying essentially that thankfulness and gratitude is not a proper motivation for Christian ethics. When that's basically been not only the expressed revelation of God in Scripture, but it's also the reformed position and has been forever. Mm. Um, and he ultimately came back and I think nuanced that, particularly in the book "Brothers, We Are Not Professionals," if I'm remembering correctly. Um, but yeah, like, listen, thankfulness is the ground of Christian ethics. And it's not like, oh, I'm thankful that you did this for me. Let me pay you back. It is gratitude, right? It is a a humble reception of the gift that he has given. And the response to that in, in the context of our relationship to God is a joyful obedience. I'm, I, we, we obey, we respond to his commands, uh, understanding duty and responsibility mm-hmm. and things like that. But what we're motivated by is a thankfulness that the debt has been paid, righteousness has been accomplished, the standard has been achieved. And now, because of all of that, we are free in joy to obey God without the threat of condemnation. So not only does it, uh, this true and lively faith, you know, manifest uh, their thankfulness, but it strengthens their assurance. Job. What? Mm, what, is, what, what, what do we mean by that? So you're saying my works have could go ahead and, and I could build myself up, Joe? <laughs> well, I, I, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to take issue with that idea, mostly because, you know, authors like, I don't know, the Apostle John says things like, and we, and by this we know that we have come to know him if we keep his commandments. Oh, oh. oh so there's, you see, assurance of salvation is, 
is the confidence that we have that Jesus is ours mm-hmm. and that we are his, that our sins have been atoned for, that our guilt has been removed, that God's wrath has been quenched. To say that I have an assurance of salvation means that I'm confident that God loves me and accepts me, not because of who I am, but he loves me and accepts me because Jesus has saved me. Yes. So that assurance, that confidence is not an automatic. It doesn't just... It's not a gimme. Just because you're saved doesn't mean that you're going to have assurance every day of your life. Assurance comes and goes. It ebbs and it flows. Mm -hmm. And there are different reasons that one might have a strength of assurance or a weakness of assurance. And when people are walking in sin and they're 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 not repenting of their of their wickedness when we find ourselves in a state where we are not communing with God and our faith is weak we will have a weak assurance we might even doubt our salvation yeah. we might get to the place where we where maybe we're not we're not, we're not doubting that Jesus is savior but we're doubting that Jesus has saved us because our faith is so weak and our good works have have eroded away. We don't have the the strength of assurance that we need. And so it's not just about us, but it's about how it affects others and how, how it affects our brothers and sisters in Christ. Because the 1689 continues, uh, these good works of a true and lively faith edify their brethren. Oh. And so it has an effect on those around us, yeah, uh, our brothers and sisters in Christ. And so as we serve them, as we seek their flourishing, as we do these good works, um, it's, it's, it's strengthening their faith. It's, it's showing them of their need, uh, right, and right. that we love them and care for them and that, that God will fulfill, uh, their, their needs. I mean, um, uh, thinking of, of, let's see, where is it at here? I just you, lost it. You're going to second Peter. Uh, Chapter one. No, I wasn't. You go ahead. Five through eleven. Listen to to that one. For every, for this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue, and virtue with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control, and self-control with steadfastness, and steadfastness with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they keep you from being. Listen to this. They keep you from being ineffective and unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For whoever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted that he is blind, having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins. Therefore, brothers, be all the more diligent to confirm your calling and election. For if you practice these qualities, you will never fall. For in this way, there will be richly provided for you an entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. When you read that passage and this call towards good works and godliness, you can see that it is it is intimately connected with your relationships to other mm-hmm. believers to be fruitful in brotherly affection, right? That good works exist in part for the good and the well-being and even the the, the spiritual safety mm-hmm. of, of the Christians around us. Absolutely. And so then it, it, it uh, edifies them and then adorn the profession of the gospel. So, mm-hmm. so, so it's just not, you know, hey, brother, let me pray for you. You know, mm-hmm. kind of a thing. Right. It's one of those like, no, I'll keep you in my prayers. Brother, be blessed. Yeah. Sort of an idea. Uh, it's, it's okay. Well, back that up. Back that up is, you know, as we're, as we're proclaiming the gospel and as we're living by God's truth, th- then others around us should see the evidence of our faith through our good works. And in that it glorifies or it points to God. It points to what God has done in our lives. Yeah. I mean, when you, this that whole idea, um, I think it's from Titus too. Let me see if I can get there real quick. Um, um, but as for you, um, give me a second to, mm-hmm. to sort of read through this. Um, 
Here we go. Uh, let me start in verse uh, 7. Chat, okay. So Titus 2, verse 7. Show yourself in all respects to be a model of good works. And in your teaching, show integrity, dignity, and sound speech that cannot be condemned so that an opponent may be put to shame, having nothing evil to say about us. Hmm. Bond servants are to be submissive to their own masters in everything. They are to be well-pleasing, not argumentative, not pilfering, but showing all good faith so that in everything they may adorn the doctrine of God, our Savior. Hmm. So we have this doctrine that uh, we have this gospel truth, and you can either adorn it or you can throw mud and, and garbage on it, right? Now, we, yeah. we, we adorn the gospel by living lives of godliness. And we show that the gospel is beautiful. We show the character of God, the love of God, the knowledge of God, when we behave like he commands us to behave. But you throw garbage and trash on the gospel when you claim the gospel, and yet you're flying the bird to people when you're driving the car around and they cut you off. or you mm-hmm. When you gossip about people or slander, or when you're lusting against that 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 Christian girl in your church. And even though nobody else knows, like you are not adorning the gospel in that moment. Mm. You're throwing garbage on it because that's a woman that you're supposed to be treating with respect and seeking her spiritual good. But in your mind, you're exploiting her for your own purposes. So the, this, this whole idea that there is a gospel that we claim to hold dear, that is important to us. It is the truth of God. And we either show the beauty of it or we mask it. And, mm. and we, we, we give a contradictory picture. So I think that's what they're talking about here when it says that um, we adorn the profession of the gospel. And it says also, though, that we stop the mouths of our adversaries through good works. People, what? People are going to come against us, Joe? I, I feel like everyone loves us. Everyone loves a good Christian. Yeah, man. I mean, everyone uh, gives us a pass. Nobody gets mad at us for saying something about, you know, one way of salvation or sexual purity or homosexuality yeah like we don't we don't get any hate for that no no people Jeez. people love us but people get so mad but yeah i mean they, they, it stops the mouths of the adversaries because they're seeing the work of god in our life and right uh and because i think there's so much bitterness there's so much hatred there's so much uh division mm-hmm. in our world today and so they they see this and they can't help but see that this light this light of christ uh shines before others and that i mean at matthew five sixteen, in the yeah, same yeah. way let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father right. who is in heaven. Like, listen, they can hate the things that we say. They yeah. can hate our perspective, yep. our our understanding of what is right and wrong. But it's pretty hard for them to hate a demonstration of love and compassion towards another person. Like, if they see that we are generous and kind and patient, that we suffer well, that we do not return evil for evil, if they can see our character, it stops their mouths because they really can't say anything about us other than, wow, they are actually kind. They're good people. Yeah, that was a whole like. Remember Westboro Baptist? I mean, <laughs> these guys. These guys were just. I, I and girls and girls. Yes, yeah, sorry. Yeah, uh, the Phelps. The Phelps family. The Phelps family. I mean, that was just so such such hatred. There yeah. was such. It, people are looking at that and and thinking, oh, this is what Christianity is like. And I'm, right. I'm hoping I'm painting that, and I'm hoping people. I'm hoping most others weren't thinking that same. But I, th- I think. To some degree, people did. They associated they the one. I think people understand. Like, um, and by the way, a lot of the a lot of the Phelps uh, people have defected and have rejected that nonsense entirely. Mm. Um, but it was interesting because I just heard Joe Rogan talking to who was he talking to? I think he was talking to another comedian. Uh, oh, he was actually talking to another comedian. Anyways, so Joe Rogan was talking about this, and he was talking about that politician. Did you see that representative who was yelling at these young teen girls that were outside an abortion. No, I did not see it. So 
I forget, I forget this guy, but he's a, he's, he's a liberal politician and there was these girls and their mom outside of an abortion facility praying, uh, maybe handing out literature peacefully, right? Mm-hmm. Doing their thing. And he starts trying to dox them on camera. It's like, I will give a hundred bucks to anybody who can tell me who these girls are and put it online. So, and then there's another video of him at the same place, like berating an old woman for 20 minutes who was out there praying. And so, um, so it was interesting because in this was being talked by Rogan and this other comedian. And now Joe Rogan's a liberal guy. He is, you know, um, he and this other comedian would both say that they think it's appropriate for a woman to choose what she's going to do with her body. So we obviously disagree with him here. Um, but at the same time, they understand where people are coming from. And, and he's like, listen, I don't think they're bad people. I, I, I see that these are people who have a perspective on this. So. Um, I think guys like Joe Rogan and this other comedian are able to look at somebody, uh, especially when their character is good. These girls were not doing anything wrong. Mm-hmm. These were good girls hanging out there. They weren't Westboro Baptist. And they actually talked about this, the difference between people like Westboro Baptist and between regular Christians. They can see the difference. So these are not Christian men, but they can spot the difference. And the, and the key difference for them is is the life. Mm. It is their, their their attitude, the way they interact with people. They're not out there just saying awful things to hurt people. They're not being haters. Uh, they're actually convinced of something, and it's their conduct or it's their character that calms everybody down, at least it, for, for Joe Rogan. He, can, yeah. he, he was able to, to see the difference. So yeah, then this true and lively faith uh, also then glorifies God. It all points yeah. to him. Uh, it all points to what he's done in our life. And so as we're as we're living uh, for God, as we are uh, clinging to him, mm-hmm. uh, it's going to reflect to the, to a lost world. This is I mean, this is the point, right, that we live to glorify God. Now, the way that I try to explain it to people is, you, you know, the glory of God is the manifestation of his beauty. So everything that makes God God, we, the, the more that that is revealed and seen, that is his glory, right? So um, his glory is some, some theologians would say it's the weight of his being or something like that. Um, but I think really it's, it is his beauty. And so we glorify God, not by adding to his beauty, but by reflecting his beauty, helping people mm. to see how beautiful God really is. And that's what godliness does. It's one of the ways by which we glorify God. I think it's the old Baptist children's catechism that says, uh, how may we glorify God? And the answer is by loving him and keeping his commands um, or doing as he commands. So I think that's a really good concrete way. People are like, oh, I just want to glorify God. Well, if you want to glorify God, repent of your lust or your anger or your bitterness yeah. or your laziness. And bear fruit in keeping with repentance. That's one of the primary ways that we we do that. And so it goes on to say that, listen, this lively faith accomplishes mm-hmm. all of these things. And this lively faith is owned by those whose workmen, who are the workmanship of God created in Christ Jesus. This is from Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, right? Where it says that we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which he prepared beforehand that we should walk in. Mm. Now that should give you confidence then that should give you, that should give you some sort of assurance or, or even, uh, I, I just want to say boldness, mm-hmm. right? That as you are doing these good works, knowing that this is the work that God has prepared for you. Those of, those of you that are in, uh, tough, tough church situations. Those of you that are going through, uh, struggles or trials or, uh, uh, just difficult circumstances, knowing that this is by the sovereignty of God, the space that he has you in, uh, and it's for his glory. Yeah, man. Look, this, this whole idea, right? We are the creation of God in Christ Jesus. This is a reference to the new birth. God has caused you to be born again 
so that you would be a person who does works in keeping with your new nature and your new heart. And so you you do glorify God in that. It, it, it's not that you are doing something in, in glorifying God that isn't in keeping with who you really are. You struggle with sin and you're going to have corruption in your lives. You're going to mm-hmm. be frustrated like Paul is in Romans 7. But at the same time, these good works are stemming from who you are now in Jesus. And it says this, that having their fruit unto holiness, they may have the end of eternal life. In, oh. a, in other words, um, eternal life is the is the hope and the confidence yeah. of the godly. And now it's not the hope of the confidence of the godly because they are godly. It's the hope of the godly because their sins have been forgiven and they've been reconciled to God. So the reality of that hope is based upon Jesus. The experience of that hope is more intensified by those who are living a godly life because that is an evidence of our salvation. So you know, when we're talking about good works, we're not just talking about things that we do. Yeah, It has all of these interconnected aspects to it in our hearts, in our souls. You know, it's connected to um, how we feel. Think about that. Your good works are connected to how you feel about your salvation what you experience about your salvation. Your good works are one of the ways that you maintain communion with God. A lot of us think of like, well, I, I maintain my communion with God if they even say it that way. You know, my, my, in my personal relationship with Jesus is just, you know, me and Jesus in the quiet, in the still, mm. you know, uh, in, the, in the secret place. Oh, in the, no. In the secret. In the secret. In the quiet. In the quiet place. Yeah. Oh. Uh, in the stillness, you are there. I think, yeah, that's where you is are. Is that how it goes? Yeah. Mm-hmm. In the, in the secret, secret, in the quiet hour, I wait only for you. Why? Because I want to know you more. Oh, my goodness. Oh. <laughs> I want to know you. Wait, what else do you want to do, though? <laughs> I want to see. What is it? Hear your voice? I want to see your face. I want to see your face. I want, want to, to know. To know or oh. touch. I think there's some touching involved. I think there's some touching. There's some singing. Is this a song? It's a really weird song. It's the weird. <laughs> I used to sing it. I know. I, used to, I can admit it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> All right. My point is, is that a lot of us get this idea of like, oh, it's just this kind of a mystical thing where I just mm-hmm. I kind of have this experience in the secret and the quiet place where I touch the face of Jesus. But listen, it is faith. Faith is the means by which yeah. we maintain communion with God. But faith is something that actually works. It does things. And, and obedience stems from faith. So obedience is an aspect of your spiritual life. In fact, if you read Jesus in John 15 on abiding in Christ, right, it's, a, it's a great passage. Oh, I'm going to go there. All right. So if you, well, maybe we can end with this if we're mm-hmm. going long. John 15. 15. All right. I am the true vine. So here's what Jesus says. I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. And every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. And already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered and thrown into the fire and burned. Now listen. He says, if you abide in me, and my words abide in you. So here we have the ministry of the word 
mm-hmm. connected to our abiding in Jesus. Ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit. And so prove to be my disciple. So there's the bearing of the fruit, right? Godliness. Yep. As the father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. Okay, so here's another aspect of abiding. To abide in Christ, right, is to abide in the reality of the gospel where the love of God is demonstrated. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Whoa. Mm. There's obedience right here related to abiding. So you can't separate it out. Good works are not just an optional part of the Christian life. It is a reality of Christian faith. It is a real byproduct of Christian faith, and therefore it is a necessary part of the Christian life. Well, we'd love to hear your thoughts. You can follow us online on Instagram and Twitter at Doc and Devo or on Facebook slash Doctrine and Devotion. You can head to the website, DoctrineDevotion.com. There you can contact us. You can sign up for the email blast. And you know what? Head on over to iTunes and leave us that honest five-star review. I saw a couple of one-stars in there. For what? Hey, Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. I think one guy was like, no, all they do is do ads. They just do lots of ads. Yeah, we do have lots of ads. No, we do not. Don't don't give them any fuel. We don't. We, we do one ad an episode. Well, pre-roll, mid-roll, and yeah, it's so one long. ad. Oh, we do it a little longer. Yeah, it's a little long. I don't care. It's, it's one ad. No, I'm not apologizing. I'm sorry for it. that the free thing we give to everybody costs us money, and we have to have an ad. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> sorry. Okay. <laughs> Fresh pot every Take month. that one star review and don't no. just do something with it. Just stop. go do something with that one no, star review. Stop it. I'm, well, I'm just telling them to do something stop with it. Stop it. Pray on it. That's Fresh. what I was going to say. Hey, pray on it. No. No, no, no. You need to forgive that brother. Oh, I do forgive that brother. Good, good, good. Fresh pot every Monday and Thursday. Blog posts on Wednesdays. Video content on Fridays. Later. One star. <laughs>